is up, everybody? Welcome back to Over the Top. We're talking all things Premier League, and man, you already know I'm stoked about everything that happened this weekend, and it's going to be really hard to be impartial here, but, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to do my best. Uh, I'm Kyle. I've got my man Justin here. This is why you're lucky that I'm on the podcast as well. We reel you back in. You have these fantasies. Oh, Tottenham's going to win the league. Oh, look at the squad. Paper Tigers. Uh, but they had a fantastic performance, and what a week, Kyle. What yeah. a week. Ho-ho. I mean, I keep. I feel like we keep saying, like, oh, man, what a week. But it's it's crazy. What's Whatever happened right to now? Premier League defenses? I, oh, I it's mean, gone. It's it's shot. Yeah. I Hold on. Hold on. Let's, let's give this a moment of silence. Ah. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Ooh, let's shit on United. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. We gotta we gotta talk about some things first, real quick. Uh, the transfer window just closed on Monday of this week, as of recording. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, the sixth of October. Uh, so transfer window is done for the whole summer. Um, clubs can still make some moves with EFL teams in the championship third it's division, so fourth division. It's, it's confusing Kyle. it's really confusing but um yeah so that's an interesting sort of little backstory with all of these games since some happened the day before transfer window um we've got an international break coming up so we're off next week um but there's a whole lot to talk about for this week so we're also going to do another transfer Episode Correct. As well. Yeah. So, so look out for that in the coming days. But starting this week, Kyle, I don't see any other game we could possibly start with. Nope. Then Manchester United versus Tottenham Hotspur, Kyle. Wait, wait, wait. What was the score? The score, Kyle. Manchester United one goal. Uh huh. Tottenham Hotspur six. Oh. Okay. Six to wait, one. Wait, wait, wait. Where was the game? Kyle, in my notes here, I have it's in Old Trafford at Ooh. Manchester United. The Theater of Dreams. The Theater of Dreams. Sounds like a nightmare, though. Oh. <laughs> but um, ching. <laughs> okay, sorry, I had to. Oh man. Okay, where do where do we go? All right, here's where we start, Kyle. You know, it'd be really easy to be positive on this show about Spurs, especially with you. But I feel there is more to talk about with Manchester United. So Yeah, agreed. Let's just get into the initial game flow for a second. Because at one point in this game, it was not going well for Spurs. Yeah, well, United were dominating for like maybe 30 seconds. 30 seconds in, I mean, the penalty. Uh, Davinson Sanchez, pretty stupid challenge, I have to say, from an impartial view here. Yeah, it was really dumb. Clear-cut penalty. Clear penalty. Bruno Penandes steps up. <laughs> Mr. Know. Penalty himself walks up, struts up there, does a hop, skip, and a jump, almost literally, and then slots the, the ball past Hugo Lloris. You know he's going to score it every time. 1-0, Spurs, disaster class. Here we go, incoming. Yeah, yeah I was fearing the worst. Mourinho was scowling. I was like... Oh my god, I woke up at like 8 a.m. West Coast time for this shit. Um, oh god, here we go again. But, but not even two minutes later, Kyle, Tangay and Dombele, after a... <laughs> yeah, mad... you, you couldn't say it with a straight face. <laughs> mad, mad scramble in the box. Uh, nonsense from Harry Maguire, Kyle. No, Absolute no. horrendous nonsense. Heads the ball up, doesn't even know. I don't even knew, think you know where north, south, east, west... Where the Stratford end was, where where the sky was, yeah. I was just heading the ball. Luke Shaw, get out of my way! Actually, they both like fall down essentially, <laughs> and Tangay and Dombele slots the ball home. If you haven't it, seen the goal, it's really funny. Yeah, I actually got to post something to the Twitter. We're at over the top EPL, um, where you can find it's pretty much just become like a funny footy memes page. Thanks to that's probably my fault, so I'm sorry for that, but. 
this was a total comedy of errors. If you haven't seen it, you have to. Mcguire heads the ball in who knows what direction twice. Really, I don't think he knew what direction twice, and then actually fouls Luke Shaw, who then asks for you know a foul. But <laughs> it was a joke. It was a total joke. This was maybe in the third minute. Yep. Uh, so you know, United had the glory of being one 0 up at home to Spurs for about two minutes. Mm-hmm. So right after that, uh, Spurs start passing the ball around a little bit, um, and um, uh, you know, and I think the sixth or seventh minute, long ball goes up to Kane. He gets fouled, and as he's on the ground, he quickly sort of picks his head up, sees Son running through while, you know, I think it was Maguire and Wambasaka and No Man's Land, and um, Kane just is really clever and plays a through ball into Son, who, you know, runs clear on David De Gea, and you got to say, beautiful clipped, uh, chipped pass mm-hmm. or shot into the bottom corner. Right. 2-0 what- up, or 2-1 up. I mean, great, great heads-up play from Harry De Bruyne, and really slot the ball <laughs> through the defense. Where, where did this passing ability come from? I don't know how many does he. He has at least five, six assists a season, right? I think he's def. He's definitely has at leading. least six. I think. Yeah. yeah, he's leading the. Yeah, because he had two assists mm. in this game. Yeah, maybe it was one, but four against Southampton. He's just he's playing out of his mind, and after this point, you got to say, United just. I don't know where they were, but Spurs were like peppering the goal. A little shell shocked after you 100%. know the two one reversal in five minutes after going up one nil. It's definitely a game you wanted to see the beginning of. Things continued to not go well. It looked pretty uninspiring from United, and I'm the neutral on this show, but really uninspiring. Then something transpired in about the 29th minute, Kyle. Mm, A little exchange, I'll call it, between Eric Lamella and Anthony Martial, where Lamella was complaining a little bit, you know, talking a little bit to Anthony Martial. Martial hit him on the chest. Of course, Lamella sold it as a hit to the face. Still a red card, but it was... Yeah, whenever you lift your hand, hand like that and do a little like hook action, even though if it was like a hooked slap, sort it was of, a hook know. slap to the chest. But even so, by letter of the law, it is a red card. So I mean, it was, was kind of like in his throat, chest. But it was uh, right. Any any neutral fan, even me as a Spurs fan, that Lamella made a meal out of that. But look in the Amazon documentary, Mourinho's always talking about be bastards. Lamella was a total bastard in that play. Uh, I would use a different word, but that worked. It, it, it worked for him. <laughs> he used both words. Mm, okay. He did? Uh, he mostly used the C word, which I refuse to say on the show. Oh, that's not the word I was thinking of. It's a of. family show here. <laughs> we are a family <laughs> podcast. That's right. But United go down to 10 men, and if you if things couldn't get worse, yeah. if you thought things couldn't get worse, you were wrong because yeah. it was total toilet bowl from Manchester United no. from there on out. Uh, two more goals a, before halftime, four to one. It wasn't even a contest. After Ollie, I mean, man, his brain must have been spinning how to get United back into this game. Uh, yeah, he looked more dejected than I've ever seen him look. Um, right after Spurs scored the third goal, right after the red card, it was it was literally maybe thirty seconds after the red card. So, uh, with the Son goal, um, yeah, it just got real ugly real fast. We probably don't even need to talk about the, the second, second half. half. Although Aurier, that was Aurier a really nice, nice goal. goal from, beautiful uh, pass yeah. by mm-hmm. Beautiful pass. Five one. I mean, we don't need to get into the second half because it was so pathetic from United. But it could have been worse than six one. It could have been. I mean, United just gave up. They gave up. You know, Spurs were having a heyday. I, it was. I mean, I loved it as a Spurs fan because I'm totally not 
impartial, but um, United, if you're a United fan, you got to be really worried. Because I mean, if you haven't electrocuted up. yourself in the bathtub with a toaster yet, I'm glad you're, you haven't because things can't get much worse. <laughs> we are a family show, Kyle. Let's be careful. What yeah, we're not gonna. We're not gonna. We're not gonna, gonna wish, we're not gonna wish that. Um, no, but God, I, I think. I think here's where we have to start, Kyle. Manchester United paid 80 million euros for a defender. His name is Slabhead Maguire. <laughs> is he the answer? Is he a Koulibaly? Is he a Virgil Van Dyke? Is he? You slot him on the defense. It doesn't really matter who you put next to him. United is going to be assured on defense. Is that the answer? Because at this well, point, at this point, Kyle, this is a hot take incoming over the top. We're coming over the top with these hot takes right now. Mm-hmm. I might rather have John Stones <laughs> than Harry Maguire. Oh, I don't know about that, man. I, I might rather have John Stones. I don't know. I mean, convince I'll... me, I'm wrong. I mean, they both have like way more mistakes in the game than like any other center back I can possibly think of but yeah it, he's he's no Koulibaly he's no Ruben Diaz he's no definitely not Van Dyke even though he didn't have a great weekend either um <laughs> but no I, I I question if he's good enough to be the leading center back the leader the captain of a club like Manchester United I think he could be a good player on Manchester United but 80 million dollars were 80 million pounds worth uh, and the captain, no. I mean, but, but it's not just Maguire. I mean, no, it's not. Shaw, thirty million. Bai played instead of Lindelof. They were both thirty million. Wambasaka was a 50, lot. fifty million. I mean, like this, this defense is. It, it's almost like it, it might actually cost more than Spurs' whole starting eleven. I don't. Know, I'd have to check on that. But it's a lot of money, a lot of money. I like monopoly money, and they just. They have one of the worst defenses in the league, I think. I really believe that when I say that. It's bad. Maybe it's, it's really, a hot take. It's really, it's really bad, Kyle. I mean, I guess we'll just transition into the defense. Luke Shaw was also terrible. His positioning... God, awful. His positioning was awful. Um, he doesn't look overly fast. He doesn't look... Well, definitely not. It looks oh, like he I went mean, to I, McDonald's right before the hand game. Hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> hand in hand with positioning, his awareness, and just tactical... No. Yeah, um, ability just looks terrible. There, there was one play on I think the fourth, uh, fourth goal where De Gea, you could actually hear him because there's no fans shouting "No, Luke, no!" as he goes to press through the ball, and Son has, you know, all the real estate he ever wants. It's terrible, terrible, Kyle. Um, Eric Bailly is not the answer either. Nope. I mean, we we gave Slabhead Maguire a lot of flack. Bailly's not it. Lindelof's not it. They didn't reinforce it, which we'll get to on a separate episode, but mind-blowing. Juan Basaka shows talent, Kyle, but he, again, needs to learn when to slide and when to not slide because sometimes he slides and puts himself right out of the play when he could stay on his feet. So another concern, Kyle, is Paul Pogba for me. Yep. Very concerning. I mean, this game, it just showed either, one, he doesn't have the talent anymore, or two, couldn't give a shit about yeah, the I, team, about Ollie, yeah. about the tactics. He, 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 it seems like he's bigger than the team, which may or may not be true, but that's how he's acting. And I, I just haven't seen it from Pogba in a while. No, it's this is one of the more bizarre stories in world football, I think, because Paul Pogba, to me, should be in line to be the best in the world after Messi and Ronaldo retire. Him and Neymar and Mbappe. I mean, the guy is ridiculously talented, and 
you know I feel about Manchester United, and even with those feelings, it's really sad for me to see. I want to see Pogba killing it. Maybe not a Manchester United for me personally, but he's so talented. But here on the other team, you had Tangi and Dombele, who's kind of a similar player to him, kind of languid, skilled, talented, and he just totally bossed Pogba. Pogba was embarrassing. Completely embarrassing. And, ah, man, this is just... What more of an argument do you need to make that of all the players to sub in Van de Beek for, probably you're taking Pogba off after this after this performance. I mean, we're going to get into that more probably in the transfer show, but just to just to preview it a little bit, it, it just speaks to their transfer strategy as well, right? Like Van de Beek, it seems like we were talking about this pre-show, half the world, half the clubs, Real Madrid included, yeah. were interested in him. He's a great player. Goes to United and doesn't even make the starting 11, Kyle. It's bizarre. Well, it was one of the positions that you look at United's team and you're like, they're probably covered in that center mid slash creative center mid playmaker. I mean, Bruno Fernandez is great. Paul Pogba. I mean, well, we, Pogba by name. If, if if Pogba keeps putting in performances like this, then he's nowhere near yeah, he's out. good enough. So, very yeah. interesting. Lastly, on the United side, real quick, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer, Kyle. You predicted preseason preseason before any games were played that he'd be gone by christmas mm-hmm. that doesn't seem so ridiculous right now does it no i think you laughed at me when i said it but i was like yeah i fully mean that with every inch of my being you know he he looks he looks really out of his depth and part of me actually feels bad for him sometimes in these press conferences even though he says things that piss me off he tried to blame this game on the red card which is ludicrous because spurs were peppering the goal and united like other than the penalty just didn't show up well but that, they've that also been, on him they've also been un, very uninspiring against crystal palace where they lost 3-1 and brighton. they they raw highway robbery against brighton uh, the, the game was over <laughs> yeah so yep it's been terrible it's been it's been terrible yeah um, it's just all, all i'll say is you know, I'm going to reference this tweet i made about manchester united where all the pundits all they ever say about manchester united is well, it's, it's Manchester United. They can sign whatever player they want. But if you look at this team, is this a Manchester United team with the Manchester United manager? I think the answer is easy. I think if I'm a player and Manchester United is interested in me, it's like what other clubs are interested in me? They're not... Before, it was I would be clamoring right. to go to Manchester United, go play with uh, Sir Alex Ferguson and play yeah. on that team that goes far in the Champions so, League and wins Premier League titles. So do you think... They have any chance of signing Jaden Sancho next season? I don't know. I a lo- think a they lot have... of other teams are going to be in the mix next season, though. Exactly. I think they have. I'll give you five percent chance of United signing Sancho. It's not going to happen. I'll give it a twenty, but it's you know they they could have paid for it. Dortmund laid it out very clear. This is what it's going to take. Yeah. You have to do it by this day. Just wait till Madrid, Barca, Liverpool, City all come back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, real quick, we gotta we uh, I guess before we move on to Spurs, real quick. United did sign Alex Tejas, left back from Porto, and Edinson Cavani. Interesting one. On very that one. interesting. We'll break that down more on the transfer podcast, but very interesting. And doesn't make the team worse, but a little bit of panic bias, Kyle. Yep. Uh, move on to Spurs just real quick. We've been on this game for a while. Um, Harry Kane, very good. Excellent. One of the players of the season so far, I think. Oh. Am I crazy for thinking that? No, I mean, besides the Everton game, I think Spurs yeah. have been really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, even against the draw against Newcastle. Yep. Um, 
you know, their passing was great. I think you mentioned Hoiberg in a pre-show. I right. mean, ever since, again, the first game, which was yep. a little bit of a blip, it seems like, for Spurs now. Yep. Well, well um, while you're on uh, Hoiberg, real quick, um, you know, he didn't win man of the match, but I looked at the stats, and Hoiberg was uh, – he led the match in pretty much every single stat that's relevant to midfielders in terms of passes, key passes uh, in the opposition half chances created which is pretty impressive for a Mm -hmm. quote-unquote holding center mid and Regulon gets his first uh premier league start kyle and i think he's very capable looks very exciting and all energy and basically the uh polar opposite of ben davies man isn't that crazy and uh for social media last thing about this game uh kyle i'm wearing a spurs jersey while we're recording this podcast right now never in my entire life did i ever think justin would walk through my apartment door with a spurs jersey on i love it isn't that something? I got to send you on with the San Antonio Spurs jersey now. Oh, other, let's not get crazy. Um, <laughs> speaking of crazy, Kyle, Aston Villa won, Liverpool two. You said one. Oh, that's a. That's, I, mis- <laughs> I miswrote that on my paper, Kyle. I, I must have not thought this was possible. Is that intentional? Okay. Well. It was intentional. <laughs> oh, you ruined on. the whole thing. Oh, come on. It's Aston Villa seven, Kyle. Still makes it ridiculous. <laughs> What happened in this game? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do analysis on this because I still don't understand it. Um, how Liverpool could ever. So, if you were goals. to ask a Liverpool fan, they would probably say something along the lines of they had three deflection goals. They got so lucky. It's all Adrian's They were counterattacking. Adrian's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Sala or uh, Mane had COVID. Mm-hmm. Thiago's out. Yeah. Oh, all of a sudden, Thiago's an excuse. But you know who didn't have COVID? Any of their defenders that let in seven goals. I mean, Jesus. You know, Kyle, here's my philosophy. This, this was one of the most shocking results I think I've ever seen in ever my seen. entire life. Ever seen. And it's not like Aston Villa won, like, 2-1, to one, which would be shocking enough, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they won 7-2. You just don't see 7-2. to two. It's like Spurs winning 6-1. to one. It's the same, it's the it's same even, goal margin. It's even crazier. And, uh... <laughs> an Aston Villa team that we both predicted preseason before they made all these signings for granted. Yep. That would go down. Yeah, I gave their transfer business an F, but that was before that they was, signed uh, their hat trick hero all the time. That's why lines. they're premature uh, gradings. But uh, wow. I mean, yeah. here's my thing on the deflections, Kyle. Shocking. To this have shocking. three deflection goals, the other team needs to shoot. Mm-hmm. And so if you're allowing shots from dangerous areas or you're not getting your full body in front of the ball, it happens sometimes. Mm hmm. And that's clearly what was happening. They were late to the ball or only sticking like half a foot in rather than mm-hmm. getting their, their whole body. And they were going in. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's not like Grealish didn't have a fantastic goal in this game. And Ollie Watkins was putting himself in the right positions. Uh, it's, it's fantastic from Liverpool. And three for three. And really. I think you mean Villa. Yes, for Villa. Definitely not fantastic for Liverpool. Uh, fantastic for Villa. Three for three. Nine points, Kyle. And Ollie Watkins has been fantastic for this club. Yeah. Coming from Brentford for $30 million, You know, kind of an unknown commodity coming out of the championship. Top goal scorer in the championship. Top goal scorer. Really good Brentford team that probably should have been promoted. I would Kyle. have loved to have seen them instead of this terrible Fulham team. My God. Yeah, I mean, they, they had a tons of talent. Ben Rama should, could still come up in this weird EFL rules, but mm-hmm. he's leading the line, and I think it's, I mean, obviously it's an improvement over Wesley, but I think he could be part of a dangerous quartet for Villa. Yeah, 100%. I mean, 
Uh, Ollie Watkins has played, uh, this is his second Premier League game. First, he got his first goal for Aston Villa, for, or first Premier League goal at least, and he scored three. He scored a hat trick in the first half against Liverpool. Against wow. the defending champions who was touted as having the best defense yep. in the it, Premier League. And I don't care if you're losing Adrian or if you're losing Allison. Yeah. Allison wouldn't have prevented this from happening. I mean, he would have prevented the first goal. It was a terrible giveaway by Adrian, but, but still. But I mean, like, would he prevented more than two or three? Uh, no, but... You know, uh, also want to give a shout-out to Jack Grealish. Had three assists and two goals. Uh, the guy is proving he's a big-game player who I'm sure soon, unless Villa get a lot better, will be playing for a massive club. The guy's got Hopefully tons of talent. Hopefully not Manchester United. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But, um, yeah, that front four you're talking about, it could be Ollie Watkins. I guess Grealish usually plays out left rather than the attacking center mid role. Ross, a.k.a. Saquon Barkley in attacking center mid. <laughs> You like what I did there? Yeah, I did. Uh, Bertrand Traore as a right-wing attacker signed from Lyon. That's a good signing. That's a good signing good for signing. Villa. Uh, I questioned how much money they spent on Ollie Watkins, but, man, he's he's big, he's physical, he's pacey, and it looks like he's a good finisher. I mean, a perfect Premier League striker, really. Mm-hmm. That's everything you want in a, yeah, I guess you could say like a Mourinho-style striker. That's always what he's looking for. I mean, it seems like uh, Dean Smith will be this year's Chris Wilder, Kyle. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I still have to see better tactics. I mean, the tactics Sheffield pulls are ridiculous. Overlapping center backs, what the hell is that? Um, But, yeah, I just, I have nothing but good things to say about Aston Villa, who I predict to be relegated at the end of the season. I don't really think that anymore. Uh, They're in second place, I think. They're in second place. I still question their defense, though. But their midfield looks much better. Their attack looks great. Um you know, this is an old historic club that's going places. Next five for Villa, Leicester, Leeds, Southampton, Brighton, West Ham. No big six clubs, Mm-mm. but some interesting clubs, especially yeah. with Leicester and Leeds. It's kind of uh, hard to predict. I mean, Brighton has been hot and cold, too. Yeah. West, uh, West Ham. like Southampton can give you... I mean, it's interesting games for them. It's yeah, like, them. We're going to learn a lot over the next five, as they've only played three. Quickly on Liverpool, Kyle. Um, where, where did it go wrong? Terrible defending, obviously. I mean, even without the deflections, it's still four goals, right? Yeah. Um, I think Joe Gomez had a pretty bad day, as as did Trent, right? Yeah. I think Van Dyke didn't have the best day either. I mean, you yeah. can't say any of the defenders had a good day when you leave mm-hmm. lead in seven. I wonder if Klopp is going to reconsider Joe Gomez as a starter after this game and make any decisions, mm. and maybe you know a healthy Matip comes in and replaces him. Mm. I mean, I could see that being the logical choice if you're looking to shake things up in this defense, but I look at this game, and I don't think Joe Gomez is at fault for this game. I I actually, you might feel differently. I feel like Trent was a weak link in this one. Okay. Um, He was caught out, even though he's fantastic going forward, but Trent and Van uh, Van Dyke were, they were awful. It it was really shocking. It's kind of hard to put your, your, your finger on it, but... Yeah, I could actually see you know Klopp making that decision. Maybe he's regretting not shelling out on Koulibaly or someone ridiculous. The opportunity was there, but it's a lot of money. But most importantly for Liverpool, it just looked like they gave up. And they can't use Mane having COVID as an excuse. I mean, no. they look dangerous still going forward. Salah actually had a good game. Salah had a great <laughs> game. I mean, you could have had more from Firmino. You could have had more from Diogo Hota, I guess. But defense was their problem in this yeah. game. The one, the one real quick thing about uh, Liverpool on this one, 
Liverpool fans will be hoping this is just kind of a random blip. You might remember their first loss last season was a 3-0 loss to Watford, and they kept on rolling right after that. So maybe this is a case again. I, I don't have huge alarm bells as of this moment, but I'd be curious how they respond. All right, Kyle, it's time for rapid fire. Kyle, Chelsea four, Crystal Palace nil, and a really a obliteration yeah. in the second half from Chelsea. Yeah, the real Chelsea stood up, and the real Crystal Palace really stood up. Honestly, I mean both of these Chelsea's been really hot or cold. Palace has really shocked some people, um, but this actually I, I find it hard to believe that it was nil nil at halftime. Uh, but Chelsea really just the the floodgates opened in the second half, and everything I noticed went through. Ben Chilwell. Ben Chilwell, man of the left. match. Ben Chilwell had a great game. And it would be really encouraging from Frank for Frank Lampard to see because Marcus Alonso has had some shockers. <laughs> had some shockers in the openers. So if he sees a healthy Ben Chilwell and a productive Ben Chilwell, that's going to make him really happy. I just want to say thank you to Marcus Alonso for giving me the best tweet that I've had for over the top. Uh, he Yeah, he's always giving me some good content. It's a good one. Uh, for all the Americans out there, Christian Pulisic made his return from injury, um, which is really promising. Um, he didn't really have much to say on the game, though. Chelsea no, were running late, late but anyway. I mean, when they start to get their pieces back, they start to integrate them into the lineup. They get chemistry. Yep. It's going to be a really interesting Chelsea side. Definitely. Uh, they also uh, kept a clean sheet for once, but then again, if uh, you know, it might surprise people based off Palace this season, but last season Palace couldn't hit a barn door. Uh, so, but it's still promising. Um, first clean sheet under Thiago Silva and their new keeper, Mendy. All right, next we've got Everton four, Brighton two, uh, Everton. Man, this Everton team. Talk about. I was gonna say talk about a dark horse, but I feel like a lot of people are starting to take a look and be like damn you know everton the everton bandwagon is really starting to pull people along for the ride i'm excited who would have thought an everton brighton game would have been exciting last season (laughs) we would have ready to punt that out as far as we can uh but wow i mean the injection of quality into that arm of everton has been fantastic yeah no kidding um i mean this the summer transfer window they'd made like a total midfield reshuffle uh, sprinkle on some some stardust well, with Hamez. Hamez quality oh, you right know, there. You know. Two almost identical goals in this game. Yep, yep. Uh, it it seems kind of ridiculous that everyone was questioning if Hamez could do it in the Premier League in a cold, rainy night in Stoke or whatever the hell the equivalent is now. Um, but people forget class is permanent, and you know people are questioning whether him, players like him and Bale could still do it in the Premier League. Short and simple answer is yes. Come on, man. I mean, Hamez has been probably one of the best players of the season so far. Um, and he's linking up with these English players really well, uh, like Calvert-Lewin. He keeps on banging in the goals. He's got to get an England call-up. and Well, he did, but he's got to play for England sooner rather than later, right? Right, right. I mean, he's been fantastic. He's I mean, poacher. I don't know how you could have asked for more from him uh, through these opening four games. And, you know, Brighton... Good play from them. I think we've seen some fantastic play. I mean, yeah. arguably should have had a better result at United. I mean, it finished arguably. the game with a tie, but, you know, what happened there? I've had a good time watching Brighton. 
Seriously, I is can't it, believe I'm saying that. Isn't that strange? Uh, it's bizarre. I mean, if anyone listened last season of the podcast, oh, which was up and down, them. we wanted to, man, we hated Brighton. So we hated them. Their last goal was a stunner, too, if you yeah, hadn't seen that. great but, goal. You know, well, uh, it, it should be interesting to see what happens with Graham Potter's side. I don't want them to become a side where it's like, oh, they play well, but they're not getting the results. So hopefully mm-hmm. these results start coming. But they are an interesting watch. They I like Mape and Trissard up top, yeah. and it could be interesting. Uh, real quick, I uh, real quick, I was talking about how Everton revamped their whole midfield. Uh, Alan and Andre Gomez actually did not play this game, and they still put out this dominant performance. Richarlison also went off early, so it's pretty interesting. Maybe they have depth. I don't. I don't know. Dual Corey is nice too. Oh, yeah. I mean, made a terrible error. Um, He's a great game, player. But he's still, still a great player. Moving on. In, in, I keep saying this. Uh, so many interesting results across yes, all of England. I love the season so far. Leeds United won. Manchester City won. Kyle. That's right. The 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 match between the master and the and the apprentice. In any other week, this probably would have been one of our games we covered more in depth. But just because it's such a crazy week, we can't give it the time that no. it probably deserves. But this was a fascinating game to watch. This was not a game that Manchester City dominated. If you no. look at the shots, maybe, 23 to, I think it was 11 or 12 or something. Uh-huh. Uh, City had two shots on target. I mean, one hit the post from De Bruyne, but two shots on target where Leeds had far more, I think seven, and they had two off two off the bar as well from, I believe, Rodrigo. So very interesting game. And Kyle, you, I think you have the most interesting stat of all from a Manchester City perspective. Yeah, well, I, you know, we didn't talk about this before the pod, but I assume you're talking about the possession the stats. The possession because, stats. Uh, Man City with Pep's tiki-taka style, which he apparently learned, or at least heavily based off of Marcelo Bielsa's old sides. Um, Manchester City, 47% possession in this one. And this Leeds not- United, 53% possession. A newly promoted team outpossessed man city that's that's crazy to me manchester city side that has i mean not last year but had previously won the premier league two seasons in a row with 198 points this is not just any old yep. good team that they're outpossessing. this is manchester city no yeah exactly. Um, exactly and this is not a game flow where it's like oh we got to come back for a while like they're pushing the game and city are parking the bus this is not it at all they were no. taking the game they were pressing well it was back and forth honestly but i thought lee Part of me, I mean, City had their chances, um, but part of me was thinking that Leeds, if any team deserved to win, I think a draw was fair, but if any team deserved to win, probably Leeds. I mean, Rodrigo scored from an Ederson mistake. Ederson mistake. But oh. Rodrigo he also had did, two great saves in that game as well. Ederson. Yeah, Ederson was great, and well, besides mistake, and, you know, Rodrigo hit the post twice, so Leeds had their chances, man. A draw was a fair result, and City really missing their strikers is you know, evident from these first games, Kyle. Um, they yeah. really need him back. Um, play position, play Sterling at his best position. Play Mares, Bernardo Silva yeah. at their best positions. Ferran Torres can be integrated. It's unfortunate that both Aguero and Gabby Jesus are both hurt. But um, one positive thing about City, um, you know, Nathan Ake has been playing, has been great, but I don't think it's his fault. Uh, but Ruben Diaz made his debut. Made his debut. I made mean, some really good um, tackles and interceptions. First game in the Premier League thrown right in. So we'll see how yeah. that Laporte-Diaz chemistry and could be a very good thing for City with yeah. Ake on the bench too. So Yeah, ultimately this game deserves a lot more coverage. We're just limited on time. So I recommend you watch the game, honestly. it's It was really back and forth, tons of chances. Moving to Newcastle, Kyle. Yeah, we've got Newcastle 3, Burnley 1. 
Uh, let's start off with Newcastle. Um, it's, again, a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde sort of back-and-forth performance from, from Newcastle as far as season, but the difference with them this season is they're suddenly scoring goals up on Tyneside. Isn't that crazy that when you don't have Jolinton as your main source of or your main reliance, I should say, on goal-scoring opportunity, because I was going to say goal-scorer, but yeah. he didn't score goals. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think he scored like two all yeah. last season. Yeah, main reliance on goal-scoring that things can happen for you for Newcastle. I mean, Callum Wilson, what a signing that's been so far. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they basically just needed someone to get it over the line. And, you know, last season was the first for both uh, St. Maximan, who's looked fantastic, and um, Miguel Almiron, who hasn't started as much this season, but... Those are some pretty dangerous players, and if you put a real proper striker up there, um, hey, you know that actually is looking like a pretty decent attack. Yeah, I mean you know, they got Jamal Lewis from Norwich as well. Yeah. They, you know, they have Ryan Fraser off the bench. They have El Marone. They've quietly had a really good transfer window. They've had a they've had a really good transfer. I mean, for Newcastle, they usually are a selling club, and it you know, the fans are always like doom and gloom about this season's. Chances. They're a better they've club than they were last season. One hundred percent. I mean, Jeff Hendrick from Burnley. Um, yep. So, uh, but it, I feel like it's there's no doubt who this who has the star quality on this team, and that's Saint oh. Maximan. The guy is electric and. Mm-hmm. I can see him. Maybe, he will be better than Newcastle soon. Yeah, I would say maybe next season teams will look and uh, be looking at him with a pretty big bid of maybe like forty million pounds. I can see it happening. Burnley, Kyle. Yikes! Not good. Not no. not good. If any team laid a complete dud in the transfer window, well, we'll get into that. And of course, there's always Manchester United to talk about, but. Burnley had a big fat dookie. They big I, fat F, Kyle. They they spent zero money, uh, net spend, mm-hmm. and their single transfer in was Dale Stevens from Brighton. Whoop de uh, frickin' do, Kyle. <laughs> it's the most Burnley signing I can possibly think of. Uh, their manager Sean Dyche, who's been doing wonders with them uh, for years now, uh, has been complaining all summer about not being supported by the board. This isn't looking good for uh, for Burnley. It really isn't, and I, f- I worry about them this season, and I worry that, um, you know, their time in the Premier League might be, sort of coming to an end. I we'll see, but it's not yeah, looking. Good. I really thought they would be better. I thought they could bring in a couple new faces to support the squad that they have, and Sean Dyche being the really good coach that he is. But Kyle, I'm gonna have to agree with you. I'm really worried about Burnley. I mean, when when the most the biggest thing to celebrate over the summer is that James Tarkovsky stays. Yikes, that's Yikes, it's not, not good. They don't have enough creative talent. I mean, what are you going to thrust Robbie Brady onto the pitch? Like, No, I mean, they're only... No. I mean, Chris Wood can score goals, and Dwight McNeil is a good player who will move on to bigger and better things. But, yeah, they just lack quality. They've got a good goalkeeper. They do have a good goalkeeper. And some decent center defenders, but... Mm, it's yucky. It's yucky. Speaking of yucky, Kyle, from a team, you go from 5-2 beating Manchester City to losing 3-0 at home to West Spam, Kyle. What happened? I love that you're using West Spam in your, like, dictionary uh, regularly. I, I love that. It's being around you too much, really. Yeah, I know. My impartiality is rubbing off on you. Uh, but Leicester, they just, this is another game, like the Liverpool game, where I'm sort of struggling to understand what happened here. Um, but it, I guess if you really think of the flow of the play, I guess it's less shocking. I mean, Leicester laid a 
totally laid an egg. They dominated in possession, but did absolutely nothing with it. Um, they looked really poor defensively and soft in West Ham. They just came prepared for this and hit them on the break over and over and over again. So what Leicester did to Manchester City last week is what West Ham, West Ham did to Leicester this week. It's kind of bizarre to watch. It's almost like game plans can work or something. Which weird. is interesting. And I, I, know, I think I figured out the reason behind West Ham's good play. It's it, it's really easy, actually. Please tell me the secret. So David Moyes, unfortunately, has been diagnosed <laughs> with COVID-19. And he has not been able to attend West Ham's last two games, the 4-0 win over Wolves and the 3-0 win now over Leicester. So what, hap- what that means to me, pretty obviously, <laughs> is that David Moyes can plan for a game really well, but his in-game managing and his prep, his pep talks and all that are terrible, just really unmotivating. For Maybe the team. his face is just really like defeating to his players. Maybe or something. That, that Maybe could, he's just got like a poop face. You're you know, on. Just you know what, Kyle? You're on to something with poop face idea. Maybe that's something we run with. Uh, okay. But it's really easy. So th- I think West Ham, as long as they keep winning, dominating, and keeping clean sheets, I don't think David Moyes should touch that training ground. Or the match day, yeah. Squads. I think I think you're onto something here, man. And uh, I mean, the only other thing I could think of is, I mean, to me, that's really what it is. Um, I noticed he had some more David Moyes kind of players on the pitch, like none of the sexy, of the expensive sign- foreign Felipe signings Anderson. that are actually quality. He's just throwing in some dudes to crack some skulls now. But um, maybe it's that. Maybe it's the COVID. I don't know. I don't know. Um, moving on next, we've got Southampton two. West Bromwich Albion nil. Um, really not much to talk about in this game. A really nice goal from Oriel Romeu from Southampton. If you haven't seen it, uh, definitely had a beautiful like volley where he's hopped in the air, hit it with the outside of his foot. It was weird from a holding hard center. To it was beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, and a decent goal from Gineppo, I think it was. West Brom just really looked poor, but. To their credit, Southampton actually learned how to defend for once this season, and they're getting results. Kyle Walker-Peters actually looked good this game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there were games after the COVID restart where Walker-Peters looked really good, and then the beginning of the season happened, and I was like, man, I am so glad we sold him. Um, we as in Tottenham. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, we should just be me and Tottenham. Uh, but, yeah, West Brom, though. I mean, I don't really have much else to add for Southampton, so we'll move on to West Brom. But I, I've diagnosed yikes. the problems. for. I'm like Detective Justin here today on the show. I've diagnosed West Brom's problems. And unfortunately for West Brom, it's going to continue throughout the whole season, Kyle. And you you'll never hear the end of this. The Barco jerseys are awful, Kyle. <laughs> the, the fact that the home jersey is their best jersey with the, the oh West Brom God. blue and the white is atrocious. Why are they doing the barcode design on all three jerseys just in different, like, disgusting vomit Not only is the colors. barcode bad, but they, <laughs> they decided to have their away jersey as green and yellow, like a barcode Norwich, which is even worse than the <laughs> normal Norwich jersey. And then they have their third jersey. Worse. Oh, it gets worse, actually. Their third jersey is red and yellow barcode. It's an eyesore. It's really like a like a like a 
horror house of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, like a candy gone wrong <laughs> on their jersey. And that you just can't be a serious like someone, team. Someone dropped LSD into the, the candy river or something. Yeah, you just can't be a serious <laughs> team. Like, you know, if you're going to make a jersey like that or if you're going to make a third jersey that looks like a zebra, like you just can't be serious teams. It's terrible. I mean, West Brom, are, uh, they call it like a yo-yo club. They sort of bounce up between the Premier League and Championship every other season, but... Based on these jerseys alone, like, God, I hope they never come back. <laughs> really? <laughs> honestly. Really Kyle, going into a more interesting game, thank God now. Uh, Arsenal, two. Sheffield United, one. In a, you have to say, an improved performance from Sheffield United. Oh, 100%. I actually thought they were pretty good. Uh, it was a pretty even match, though. You got to say, Arsenal weren't their best. Mm-mm. Sheffield put in their best performance of the season, I thought. Um, they ended up being pretty... Um, pretty even but ultimately arsenal's quality showed through they had some pretty nice goals through pepe and, and Saka. and Saka. uh i mean arsenal you gotta say these are the kind of performances that are promising because when you grind out a win and you don't play well and um you still come out on top and find a way that's a good that's a good uh, skill to have especially for arsenal who kind of like my spurs have always just had a totally soft underbelly and traditionally would find any way to screw this matchup. But you got to say, they've, they've got some grit. I can't believe I'm saying it. They did show some grit, Kyle. And, you know, if they can win these types of games and let, you know, instead of giving up draws, you know, late in the game, you know, conceding with that mm-hmm. terrible defense, especially with last year who they had with David Luiz leading mm-hmm. the way, now it's Gabriel. The defense uh, looks better it's better i mean they so have far. tierney healthy they have gabriel in there david louise is still playing a role but you know they have some other stop gaps if yep. you will uh, thomas party coming in we'll talk Partey, about that in great the, signing great for signing. them we'll so. talk about transfers later things but... could be looking up for arsenal kyle yeah i i have to watch myself because i was going to say i like where this team is going obviously as a spurs fan i don't but um I would be very happy if I was an Arsenal fan. Uh, like they, well. they look like they're going places. Sheffield United 0 for 4, Kyle. Uh, four losses and four. Uh, I, I have a reason to think they'll improve a little bit. I mean, yeah. Rian Brewster, a lot of pressure coming from him, uh, you know, yeah, signing from Liverpool. I don't think Liverpool. he'll be expected to start every game, though. But uh, we'll see what happens. It's going to be uh, interesting to see how that situation develops. But moving yeah. on to our last game, Wolves 1, Fulham 0, Kyle. And another game was kind of... Uh, Shoot. A little lackluster. Should I, should I dare say, shoot it into outer space? I guess there's a little more to talk about. We're gonna load that. it into the rocket, and we'll decide at the end maybe okay. blast it. Okay, I guess just real quick, all we can really think of is uh, wolves are really getting back on track. All they really need to do is respond after that atrocious performance last four nil smacking by Westman last week. No better club to get that rebound though. No, I mean Fulham are gonna be the whipping boys of the Premier League this season. They are just awful. I, I so far they're the third worst Premier League team I've ever seen. Uh and that's including uh, like Huddersfield. It was recent Huddersfield. Recent was Huddersfield, god awful. And I think like ten, fifteen years ago, Derby was had like the least points, the fewest points in Premier League I've ever seen, or on record. But this Fulham team, garbage. But you got to say Wolves got the job done. Uh, Pedro Neto with a pretty nice goal. But Fulham, I mean, they. <sighs> do you have any thoughts on them? They're just they're garbage. Uh, honestly, I'm just ready to. To relegate them now. What are they good at? Let's just relegate them. Let's just give automatic buys to the... Or maybe the maybe the 
<laughs> we watch the other team play FIFA or something instead of watching the game because that yeah. might be more interesting. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, this isn't looking good. You know, after the last week's performance, their owner or chairman comes out saying, uh, basically apologizing, which is like the one of the worst looks I can think of. I can't imagine being Scott Parker, the manager. It's brutal. I mean, they're starting two Americans in defense. One promising, and Anthony Robinson looks like a pretty young, promising American. Another one, Tim Ream, who's kind of Ooh. washed. So, really be... Well, really... Man... I, I have no hope for Fulham. I, I'm so I'm really genuinely upset that Brentford didn't get promoted instead of them. They should have been. I mean, they should have been promoted over West Brom. They should have secured it. Yeah. West Brom were limping into the end. Brentford laid eggs the last two games <laughs> yeah. of the season, and then choked against Fulham in the Championship final. Yeah, I feel for Fulham. I mean, the the solution that the owner apparently had was sign a ton of young, unproven players on loan. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. The best one, probably Loftus-Cheek, so we'll see what he can do uh, when he comes over, if he can stay healthy even. so Yeah, nice to be seen. I kind of want to blast Fulham into outer space just for that. We'll we'll keep the game, but let's blast the team into outer space. That's it, Kyle. That's all we have this week. I mean, we could have talked more about a lot of those games, but just an insane start to the season for the going into this first international break yeah i highly recommend you find like a, a recap show showing all the matches and all the highlights because this week again was insane premier league defenses have totally gone out the window uh but i'm not complaining if you own if you have peacock kyle you can see those oh, don't uh, get me started on you can peacock. see those uh match highlights in full yeah, or you could find a, you could rip an illegal stream and find a, like BBC match of the we day. We don't encourage that on the show, but which I would never do. But, but if that's what you need to do, you know, you, we respect that decision. But I, well, Justin has his stance. I want everyone in the U.S. to stop getting shafted by these uh, broadcasters, and I want you to see these matches. The more people watching Remember these when, games, uh, the better. You know, I mean, I think NBC still does a really good job on the coverage shows. But remember when every, no, when every Premier League game, if it wasn't shown on TV, was on NBC Sports like dot com, and you could Uh see every game you wanted for Mm -hmm. free if it wasn't on TV. Those were the days, man. Those were the days. You'd watch every Swansea game because that was never chosen for like the game of the week or anything. I'm well. I'm sure you also remember uh, when you couldn't find any game in english you always had to tune into univision oh yeah you know before nbc sports had it like fox sports soccer used to have their premier league remember that it was like an obscure channel yeah they were canadian espn used to have the monday night like monday night football game with ian dark and steve mcmanaman that's right yeah that was actually like the best like ian dark i actually like i like a lot too Uh, i like steve mcmanaman too that was interesting yeah Yeah, he's okay but that's it that's all we got i mean international break we got transfer podcast coming up so tune into that coming we're going to be giving uh, grades for each team Mm -hmm. uh you know most impactful signings most uh panic buys which uh some of those as well and who uh, had the best transfer window who had the worst and maybe some revised uh predictions for top and bottom of the table kyle i feel like we'll have or at least i will have revisions at both both ends yeah me too we we just got to get the the uh table predictions out now because the fewer games we can have to impact or influence our table the better right i want to know that we have the done we have the final transfer window done it's more fair for us to evaluate the teams well, rather it's more than more fair for teams like Aston Villa, who I thought was definitely going to get relegated but now have the best goal differential in the league best defense in the league mm. 
Damn. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. All well, right. That's all we got this week, Kyle. Uh, for Kyle, I'm Justin. We'll see you at our transfer podcast. Take follow care. us on Twitter at Over the Top EPL. See ya.